Hi, it's Rainy G. I'm going to talk about um, all kinds of things, mostly choices. We're faced with a lot of choices now. Uh, we always are, but it seems like the choices that we have to make now are crucial to survival, critical to the survival of our nation. And whenever the survival of a nation is, is involved, it means the survival of every individual within that nation. Now, of course, I've been called on the carpet for talking about cults and religion and many cults and the dictates and mandates that come from those um, cultures. A cult is a culture, okay? And if you don't believe that your church is a culture and your religion is a culture, you re need to re-examine that. Everybody looks at it as a negative thing. And if it affects people negatively, then it is. If it's working for you, it's still a culture. We are in a culture of corruption, ask Michelle Malkin. We are in a, um, a culture of change. We're in a culture of lies and deception. So we have a lot of cultures and many cultures that are working continuously on our minds and our thoughts and our choices. We have a lot of mind control that's been going on forever since subliminal seduction in the 50s when TV first came out. People realized that there were hidden messages within the, the frequency flashes on the screen. And supposedly the FCC outlawed that, but then the FCC was basically corrupted and that stopped that, all that outlawing of that. The Beatles used mind control. Even in their recordings, they experimented with... Um, the different speeds of recordings and reversing the words, etc. So everybody knows on the White Album that you can reverse <laughs> reverse this one song and um, it comes out saying that Paul is dead or whatever. But they experimented with that to see what it would do and if people picked up on it. And that experimentation has been going on for a very long time, but, but very specifically on many cultures in the world and by those who believe that mind control is a, uh, a weapon and a tool. And it is happening. And it happens within our churches and our schools and television and movies and music. Anything where there is a culture. And that means a group of people who need to be swayed or convinced or um, slowed down or prohibited from thinking or whatever, whatever the other side wants to happen. When... Obama, and this is going to be in chapter 17 of a new book that I'm writing, but it's okay. I mean, you might not remember it by the time the book comes out, and maybe it will entice you to read the book when it does come out. But when Obama was running for office, his whole campaign was mind control and branding um, on, on an individual scale, but it turned out to be a global scale. Many people began to believe that he was the one because... He even developed, his campaign developed a logo taken from uh, many of the writings from Frank Marshall Davis, actually, and the logos that they used on their writings uh, that were communist in nature. He liked the logos, so he blended the logos to make his own. Um, only one other person in history who was in power ever used a logo to brand himself, and we know who that was. But Obama did that, and the media, of course, 
being corrupt as they are and totally leftist in nature and stupid because they don't understand what the full picture is, um, helped to build that brand and used the the vehicle of the media but mind control words and policies the tingle up the leg um, to make you fall in love with them even if you were a man so you know we had a lot of that stuff going on and we always do it's consistent when Obama got into office the National Education and uh, Association and the Arts Council were working together to do more posters and art much like Hugo Chavez and Castro in Cuba. Um, Pinochet, when he was in charge of Chile. Che, who used posters and still has people wearing t-shirts, even though he's dead, to convey a message. Um, he, They got together, they were going to do, use tax dollars, of course, to do some more propaganda uh, using art and posters and walls in San Francisco or whatever, murals, you know, to convince us continuously that we made the right choice, that we chose the one, the only one, who could possibly do with America what needed to be done to make it this better place to live in. They capitalized on hatred for George Bush, which they also propagandized. So the people who didn't even realize why they were hating George Bush... George W. Bush, um, hated him, and, and then justified it with the war in Iraq. Now they're still hating him, justifying it with the war in Iraq, and trying to fight uh, the numbers, saying that George Bush's deficits in, were higher than Obama's deficits are, and his spending was higher. Well, George Bush had to go to a Democratic Congress for years, and over and over again, to try to get any kind of funding for the Iraq War and Afghanistan. And each time, Pelosi and Reid would attach millions of other little things to these bills. We all understand how they do that now. So that the cost would increase or triple or quadruple from what he was asking for. So what they do now is they look at all those bills or all those things that were passed and they try to convince us, and, then, and to many they do, that George W. Bush ran up all these bills, just for the wars, the uh, illegal wars, they call them, and that uh, his deficits in spending were higher or worse than Obama's were. So it's all Bush's fault, as usual. People are finally getting to understand and realize that the financial crisis that occurred during the campaign and continued on into Obama's presidency was manufactured. It was a setup. It was a coup. They're finally getting it. And still, even though some people are getting it, 38% of Americans or more think this man is wonderful and has done all these wonderful things. Did they really want everything to collapse? Well, actually, yes. For some people, their choice is big government. They don't want to work. They don't want to worry about anything. They want to use other people's money. They want everything handed to them on a platter because they play the victim. And victimization is a real interesting thing. It happens within our families and our relationships, but it has been played very high by Democrats forever. They will tell you constantly that you're a victim of somebody or something or a bunch of somebody's or somethings, and that because you're a victim, they're going to rescue you. And they'll rescue you using those 
other people's dollars or or tools or whatever they can get their hands on to make you feel like you've been rescued and therefore indebted to them. They want you to be a victim. And victim energy is, um, we manufacture that ourselves. We can put ourselves into the victim headset and never get out of it if we're not careful. I was and have been a victim several times. I caused it without even realizing it. I was uh, walking to a store once after having a hard day of feeling uh, oppressed or attacked by individuals in a large group that I was in for standing my ground, for standing for who I am. And that'll happen often. If you if you stand for truth and principle, you'll often stand by yourself. And you have to learn to deal with that. And I was younger. It was uh, quite a while ago. I was up north in Buffalo. And um, when I got done with my day, I had to walk to the store. And as I was walking, I was kind of angry about the day. And I put myself into victim mode. I was feeling victimized by friends and coworkers and people that I thought I knew. And walked into the store and got what I needed and came out feeling just as victimized. Now I added added to that victimization by not being happy about how much I had to pay for what I bought and not having a whole lot of money left in my pocket and being cold and having to walk out in the snow and the ice, even though the walk, I love that. I mean, that's okay with me. Um, but I walk out and several feet away from the store, going down the sidewalk, I was grabbed from behind by a, a very tall rather ugly looking man, scary actually, who twisted me around and demanded whatever money I had on me. Well, because I was in victim mode, I was also in anger mode, because when you were a victim, you were angry. And he picked the wrong person, but he picked the right person. He, ch he chose wisely and poorly at the same time, um, because my anger wouldn't allow me to be afraid of him. It, it, it was more like a trapped animal. I wanted to pounce back and, and kill, actually. But instead, I, I resorted to my words, said some things to him that I won't repeat here, but um, that, and then turned back around to continue walking, and he grabbed me again. So I headed back towards the store, in case he did get more violent, and got to the store door and said, opened the door and said, can you call 911, get the police here? And they said, no, because whatever was happening to me did not happen in the store. So I was supposed to go to the corner and use the payphone. In those days, we had payphones. We didn't have cell phones. Some people did, but not me. And so I looked towards the payphone, and the man who had attacked me is in the is in the phone booth. So there's no way that I'm going to go use that payphone. So I start walking down the street towards my house again, and he starts following me. I turn around to go back to the store, and he takes off towards the phone booth and then up the street a little. I start toward the phone booth, and he comes back to the booth, so I have to head to the store. This, this little game went on a few times until I found some of my uh, stamina, courage, perseverance, and Marine Corps, whatever, and, and I, I kept, kept walking toward him. He took off up the street, and when he disappeared half a block up, I wasn't going to run on the ice and go chase him. went back towards the store to kind of say something to them about what was going on in their own parking lot. <clears throat> and I opened the door of the store, and the man had returned and picked up a large chunk of ice, threw it at me, which it hit my cheek and also the door, so it busted into pieces, this big piece of ice that comes out of parking lots that cars have driven on. You know how thick that is. Well, if you're up north, you do. It's several inches thick, and it's, it's pretty deadly. It can be. Um, <clears throat> so the ice went into the store, 
And I said, now that the ice is in your store, can you call the police? And of course, now they were involved, so they could. The man took off. I saw where he went. When the police came, I told them which house I thought he had gone to several blocks up because I watched as long as I could. They drove me home. I knew the police chief, um, very strong woman police chief, actually. And uh, several days later, they called me. They said they had gotten him, and could I come in and press charges? Well, prior to them calling me, I called a good friend, mentor of mine, who actually was... Uh, my massage instructor for a while and I said Karen why did this happen all of a sudden I have to press charges against somebody and I was attacked and and she it didn't take her 10 seconds she said you're in victim mode and you you caused it <laughs> and of course I had to think about that and um, as I told her and related my day and my energy she said you see what I'm saying that you actually attracted him with your own energy because if any of you understand who I am, I know energy very well and the negative positive poles and how they attract and repel and all of that. I was an electronic engineer and uh, and I've studied energy and metaphysics and all kinds of things for many, many years. And as soon as she said it, I knew exactly what she was saying. I, I had actually pulled his predator energy toward me with my victim energy. And once I realized that, I was not going to press charges. I did not condone what he did. But I understood that I had made uh, an unconscious choice to bring that into my life and cause someone else to make a conscious or unconscious choice, I don't know what it was, to attack me. I did find him eventually. I didn't press charges and asked where he was, and I finally found him. And I went up to him and told him that I didn't condone what he did, but I understood where it came from. And it changed his life just a little bit. Uh, some weeks later, the police chief told me, I asked about him, if he was still in trouble or what he was doing, and Donna said, he's working in a homeless shelter, keeping other people off the street. So he had, it changed his life around. It also changed my understanding of victims <laughs> and victimization. And whenever I look at something like that, I will put it in, a, in the, the local context, the individual context, and then within the family or unit or whatever you're in, and then in a global context, because we are all connected, and, and all of that energy is just a larger ripple. So I may be a little victim in Buffalo, New York in 1987 or 9 or whatever it was, and as I'm being a victim, that energy is going out to western New York, which is going out to the northeast. And it does affect us, and we don't think it does. We don't think that we touch anybody else with what's going on with us. And the me generation has totally lost track of what that means. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm still getting over pneumonia, so every once in a while I have to stop and, and get my voice again. But we, we lost track of what that means, and um, have taken everything as it's either happening to me and only me, or if it's not happening to me, it's happening to no one. But we ripple that energy constantly. It's... It's a storm that's constantly going on. You know, molecules, we are just molecules. That's all we are. And when we speed up the, the um, when we speed up molecules, the rate, that's the frequency, we cause bigger, larger, and greater impulses of energy, of electricity. It's negative to positive, positive to negative. It goes back and forth and around and around. And we cause those. We're like a, you throw a, a stone into the pond. And you see about 15 or 20 ripples from where that stone hit. 
but there's actually millions more. And those ripples go out, you know, in circles for who knows how far, depending on how strong the energy pulse is, how um, pliable or, or malleable the water is, how what's obstructing it, what's stopping it. So we have a lot of obstructions out there. We have a lot of obstacles that stop some of our energy. But because there are so many of us who are affected um, simultaneously and also very similarly, I mean, when I feel like a victim, you can bet there's a million other people or more in the world that are feeling like a victim at the same time. And so we kind of generate that energy like a lot of generators all over the, all over the globe. And we cause that victim energy. Okay, so let's go back to choice and, and uh, what the media is doing and propaganda and branding and all that kind of stuff. When o Obama was running for president and he made sure that he was branded as the one. In fact, he chose the, the media queen, the afternoon talk show queen, to become the one to name him that. And then, of course, dissed her later, just totally dis disrespected her. Um, but Oprah kept telling her audience, he's the one, and he, she had a huge audience. So they needed to use her to do that. And once she proclaimed that, of course, if she had an audience of 1.6 million, then 3.2 million heard it. And if those 3.2 million heard it, they might have distorted it a little, but it went out to another 9.9 .9 million etc etc because the law of mathematics does work and the hundred monkey principle does work so people started hearing that message and believing that he was the one they didn't know what he was the one for they had no idea what the one meant um, some people translated that to everybody's calling him the messiah well what did that mean to a catholic to a to a uh, baptist to a mormon to a jew what did what does the word messiah mean to all those people it meant something different but it's still boiled down to the one he said he was here for hope and change okay if you ask somebody hoping for what they couldn't answer you what are you hoping for and they'd say change what do you want to change things they didn't know what they were choosing the one they didn't choose hope they didn't choose change they didn't choose the platform they didn't choose any particular thing that they wanted they chose the one um, very well orchestrated campaign of propaganda based a lot on, on Nazi Germany and um, Lenin and the Marxist principles of how to, to target and isolate and destroy people around you to get to a point where you can use words, propaganda, and visuals to convince people within their conscious and unconscious and subconscious minds that what they are seeing and hearing is exactly what they want to see and hear need to see and hear, they will believe it, and then they will also go out and tell it. And they use it very well. They don't know how to use it now. They're having a big problem because there isn't a mindset except for the Owls protesters and the gay agenda. The Democratic National Committee now says that they're going to push uh, gay marriage at the, at the convention. Um, they probably said that a long time ago. That's why a lot of people said they're not going to show up. But they need to push agendas now and rebrand themselves. And it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. But we have to then discern and help other people discern what they're choosing. Are you choosing? What are you choosing when you choose Obama as president? 38% of you. What are you choosing? Tell me what he has done that is positive, not only for you, but for all of your neighbors. Tell me what he's done.
Do you remember all the things that he's done? Do you still blame Bush because you've been convinced in your heads that that's what you should do? Was Bush perfect? Hell no. Was the Bush before him perfect? No. Was Clinton? Hell no. They're all part of the establishment. We know that. It's a joke. Politics at this point are not by the people for the people. No way. This is all central government. Yes, we understand that. We all know they're working towards the new world order and we're stopping them or trying to stop them as much as we can. But we still have to make a choice because if we don't and we choose wrong, if we choose poorly, this is what we're choosing between. You can choose the Marxist or the Mormon. You can choose the American or the we don't know where he's from. You can choose the Mormon or the Islamist. You can choose the American or the Islamist. You can choose one who believes in jihad here or one that believes in stopping jihad there. You can believe and choose the, the one who's pro-Israel or the one who's pro-Palestine. You can go down to the petty issues of pro-abortion, pro-marriage, pro-whatever, and then you can spread that out some even more. Okay, who wants gun control? Well, he likes some guns but not others. The other one likes those guns but not others. Let's not go there. Think about who you're choosing and why. What are the platforms and where do they come from? You, I, I did post something a couple of weeks ago that said if you vote for anyone other than Romney at this point, that means Ron Paul or Newt Gingrich or Sarah Palin or whoever, if you vote for them or you don't vote at all, which I will come after you for because all of my male relatives and myself have been in the service for so and fighting for you so that you have the right to vote. But if you don't vote at all or you vote for one of those other people instead of Romney because you don't like his Mormonism or what he did with Romney Care in Massachusetts or the fact that he's so rich or he did whatever with these businesses. Outsourcing, by the way, was done more by this administration and the Clinton administration than any administration in the last 20 years. But if you don't like those things, I, I posted this, if you, if you don't vote for him and you vote for any of the others, you're voting for the Marxist. Well, that's not all you're voting for. Barack Obama is a Marxist communist, not a socialist. He's actually a Marxist communist. He hates colonialization and therefore hates the colonization that happened and the colonialization that happened in America and elsewhere that Americans, he says and believes, caused. He also has told you straight out, I will protect and defend Islam if things get ugly or push comes to shove. Um, now we have Mayor Bloomberg in New York sitting on a prayer rug, not really respectfully because he had his feet on the ground and his knees up, but you know maybe he hasn't truly been indoctrinated enough yet, who says we are all Muslim now. We have Obama talking about Ramadan, saying... Muslims are the fabric of our country. We are in big trouble. Not just capitalism is under attack here. The cultures of America are under attack. And the cultures are attacking each other. That's divide and conquer. But the one culture that we need to hold on to and choose is the choice to be an American. An American individual, be they patriot or not, whatever you want to call them, an American believes in freedom. An American believes in the Constitution. 
An American believes that the elements of that Constitution give them the freedom to speak, to bear arms in case their government, not just others around them, but in case their government puts them under tyranny. Americans believe in fighting for their country and fighting for the freedoms that they've grown up under and lived for. So when you make a choice, and right now you are, because it doesn't matter that the election is 100, 100 days away. People have already chosen who they're going to vote for. When you make that choice, you're choosing between America and something else. And you better really sit down and define what the something else is. America's never been perfect. It never will be. It was an idea and an experiment. And it has changed and mutated and evolved and backed up and sprung forward and done all those things based on some basic principles called the Constitution and on the people who have built and maintain and are this country. And that's what we have to choose, the people and the country. Not the stupid flag like Michelle Obama says, but the people and the country. And if you choose other than the Constitution and the freedoms and the idea, then you're choosing something that makes America no longer America. And as an American, as a, a worker, as a, a Marine, um, all the things that I am, I, I don't think on my watch I can handle that, nor will I try to allow it. So I have to go into controlling mode, and I have to go into victim mode in some ways. I have to get angry enough that I'm being victimized by this administration because of their own inability to understand or even see how they have benefited from something called America. So yeah, I'm getting angry, and I hope you are too. That doesn't mean go out and lock and load and be stupid. That doesn't mean, you know, um, attack your neighbor because he might still vote for his so-and-so. It means educating people and getting mad enough to have the time to do it. You know, yeah, football season's coming and it's summer and everybody's having a good time. We have 100 days. Do you know how fast that goes? If you haven't been out there already, you should be. And people say, well, what do you want me to do? I'm on Facebook every day. I tweet all I can. <laughs> you have 20 neighbors around you. And this is the ripple effect. You go to 20 neighbors and you talk to them about what Obama hasn't done. What Romney might do. And what will happen if we don't make the right choice. And of those 20 people, find 10 people to go out and do the same thing. Even five. Maybe you get all 20, but at least get a percentage. And tell them, can you go that way, east, that way, west, and talk to 20 more people and ask them what choice they're making. And in 100 days, we could get 100 million people educated. We don't have to go out and, and uh, clean wheelchairs and build houses. We need to go out and educate and do it quickly because we do not have a media that's going to do that. We do not have that tool. Even the social media uh, in on the computer, not going to have that. People are trying to post things that need to be posted and they're being erased because they took control of our media. They, they have already used this for propaganda purposes, and they will some more. So you need to go out. They cannot stop you from going door to door. The person behind the door can, and if somebody closes the door and doesn't want to talk to you, fine, now you still have 20 people to go to. But find 20 people. You're one person and you can find 20. And from that 20, you can cause 100 million. That's a pretty good choice, don't you think?
I hope you share this. This is Raina G, earthwalk-usa.com. Thanks for listening.